Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. In today's session, we'll talk about uh, three statements by the Seth entity, uh, which uh, the same thoughts were expressed by others to one extent or another, but Seth had a certain way of saying things that really brought home to you uh, the ideas that he was trying to get across. The first that I'll talk about was his statement that you're as dead now as you'll ever be. Now, that might seem like a, a strange statement and one that's uh, hardly true if you're living. But the idea that Seth was getting across with that statement is that everything's happening at once. Uh, Edgar Cayce said the same thing when uh, he looked at the Akashic Records, where supposedly um, he would uh, witness the, all events uh, of, that have ever happened and ever will happen. But Seth, of course, had a, a more dramatic way of saying things, and one with a good humor, I'll say, also. But if you think about that, it means that all the lives that you've ever lived or will live are there right now, as long as, as well as, rather, uh, the in-between times. And that all the probable pasts and all the probable futures are out there as well. Think about the enormity of that. All those futures, all those pasts, all those lives and deaths and in-between lives. Of course, that's what the deaths are. They're just the in-between lifetime when you're still very much alive. That was another point that Seth was making, that you never die. You're the eternal spirit who never dies. And you simply focus differently with a greater awareness of more realities when you're between physical lives here on earth. That's a pretty big concept to get your head around, and it might do you some good just to think about that and uh, reflect on all the possibilities uh, in, and that are included in that statement. Uh, one of the, the possibilities is that you realize it's up to you to focus on the futures that you want. Now, previously we talked about changing the past, and that's fine, but we also pointed out that the future pulls more strongly than the past pushes. So whatever you want in life, uh, whatever positive thing that you might want to do or be, um, that you, you'll find that you can more easily bring that about if you focus intensely on a future where you are that, or, or whatever is happening is something that you want to happen. So it goes back to that concept mentioned earlier, that if you focus intensely on what you want, and if you make one, at least one small act of faith that it's going to come about on a daily basis if you do that, uh, you're likely to achieve it. In my own life, the person who most dramatically exemplified that for me uh, when I was working with, on, with people on disability was a woman who had been on welfare and became a medical doctor. Yeah, seemingly impossible, 
but not really, not when you consider the power of focus and the fact that all of the possible futures are out there. And yes, you can, as I mentioned in in a previous session, that you can change the past with which you are most closely connected, Uh, the past with which you have the strongest electromagnetic bonds. Um, But probably the easiest way for you to do that is to focus on the future that you want, and it will happen automatically. And even if you don't do anything really dramatic, like that lady who went from welfare to being a medical doctor, uh, in your daily life, you can enjoy less fear of death, knowing that it's just a, an expanded awareness of your consciousness outside of the physical body. That might make you feel a lot better about life and what happens after death, because uh, you're really just expanding your consciousness And while death is not the same for everyone, and what we experience initially is based primarily on our expectations of what we will experience, all of us, uh, sooner or later, do come to understand that we have a much greater awareness of realities and our choices. So remember that statement, you're as dead now as you'll ever be. And if you think about it the way I do, you find it to be a very positive and reassuring statement. Now let's go to the second statement made by Seth that uh, is dramatic, but certainly humorous. And that statement is, Christ could just as well have disappeared sideways. I have to laugh when I think about that. You know, we always uh, picture, those of us who uh, have any idea of uh, Christ ascending, we always Think of Christ moving upward. Well, that means we're in a universe where we have up and down, and up and down are opposites. And that means we live in a universe and a reality uh, where there are opposites. But as uh, mentioned in a previous session, when you're in a world or a reality where opposites are one of the root assumptions, then you have opposites not only like up and down, you also have an opposite of good and evil. As mentioned earlier, we're in a universe where we think, okay, well, if we have good, we must also have evil. Now, the entity Seth informed us that there are many, many realities where there are no opposites and where there is no evil, but there is plenty of good. Consider for a moment what the inhabitants of those realities would think about us. They probably wouldn't even like to think about us because it's uh, discomforting, to say the least. In our own reality, we don't like to think about people being persecuted, about people suffering and dying, about young children forced to work all day and they're hardly fed, Uh, Just terrible things like the little kids that are mining uh, minerals in Africa to make the electric batteries. We don't like to think about the uh, Uyghurs uh, used as slave labor in China or the members of the Falun Gong spiritual belief system uh, whose, whose organs are taken from them while they're alive for transplants to members of the Communist Party. Terrible stuff. Small wonder that we don't like to think about it. So much suffering in so many areas of the world every single day. 
And that's brought home to us uh, most dramatically right now, these days, uh, with what's going on in the Ukraine, where Russian soldiers are committing all sorts of atrocities on Ukrainian families. Well, just like we don't like to think about the larger realities of other people on the globe, and indeed it is better for us just to focus on our own primary reality that we are we are creating, because otherwise you could just uh, be totally uh, incapable of doing anything if you focused only on all of the atrocities going on. But just as we really don't want to focus uh, on those parts of our reality that are, are terrible and horrific, uh, imagine the entities, the, the beings in those realities where there is no evil, uh, where everyone's doing pretty well, uh, certainly they have to be aware of the reality of worlds like ours, but quite wisely, they're probably not focusing with great intensity for any length of, quote, time uh, on universes like ours. My guess is that they are entities who are aware that everything is happening now, and that those of us who are presently ensconced in earth bodies, experiencing time and space and good and evil, that we are focusing on a level of reality that we need to in order to um, experience growth of our uh, spiritual capabilities or our soul. But... Uh, they know that in a larger sense, we are also at this very moment aware uh, of how great we could be and all the good things we could do. So they probably aren't too distraught about it, but certainly they don't like to focus on what we are creating in our human time-space illusion. Turning now to the third Seth statement that... Uh, I like, and like to remind myself of on most days. <clears throat> Seth said, suffering is good for the soul only if it teaches you how to stop suffering. Now, just a moment ago, we talked about realities uh, with no evil. That no one is suffering. Everyone's in good health. So no suffering there. And those seem like pretty good realities to be experiencing. The implication is that suffering is overrated. It's meant only to lead you to non-suffering. Ah, but a lot of people will say, wait a minute, Christ suffered and died for our sins. Isn't that wonderful that Christ died and he suffered for our sins? And because he suffered, we can have everlasting salvation and forgiveness from God. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Christ did not suffer and die for our sins. The person who died was one of a number of people who lived at that time who thought they were the Redeemer. Some of them could even perform what we might call miracles. But uh, that's to be treated more uh, in, a, in a separate uh, future session. In this particular session, uh, I'll touch on the basic idea that was in my book, uh, <clears throat> Christ was not crucified, thank God. And... And Seth explained that Jesus, the entity, came down not 
to uh, expand on the notion of a God who gives rewards and punishments according to people's activities, uh, letting some burn in hell forever and others enjoying heaven. No, his was not the reward-punishment model. His basic message was not worship me. His basic message was you can be like me. You have to ask yourself a question. Would uh, Jesus still be the Son of God if he didn't die and didn't suffer? And also think about this. Think of the conversation that had to go on between God the Father, so to speak, and uh, his Son, so to speak, Jesus. Uh, They're somewhere in the spirit world, and God the Father turns to Jesus and says, Look, Jesus, uh, you're my son, and uh, I impregnated a human in your reality, and and, uh, so you are my son, but I have to break it to you. I thought I was creating a really great world when I did this, but uh, these people are just having too much fun, and they're doing too many bad things, so if I'm going to allow them to have salvation and and to live a happy life uh, after they leave the body on earth, you're going to have to go down and suffer a lot and get crucified. Well, <clears throat> if, if I were Jesus in that situation, I might say, well, wait a minute, Dad. Uh, you know, you're all powerful. You could see what was happening, and now I'm, I've got to be the, the fall guy who goes down and suffers and gets crucified. You know, it really doesn't make any sense, given what we know today about the many, many realities that exist. And certainly an omnipotent God doesn't want to send down a son into each one of those to suffer and die for the inhabitants. I go into that subject in great detail in my book, uh, the title of which, the full title is Uh, Christ was not crucified, thank God, so let's stop shortchanging Jesus, God, and ourselves. What the point there is, is that God is so much more than the God we imagined from the Old Testament. And God is all that is, nothing can be separate from God. And the idea of a good God requiring any spirit to uh, enter into the earth form and suffer a lot uh, just so that uh, the inhabitants can be, quote, saved, close quote, it it just doesn't make sense today. So as far as our uh, main point goes, uh, if you have to suffer, uh, don't revel in it and choose it and say, oh, isn't this great? Suffer only if you have to, and get out of that suffering as soon as you can. Let the suffering lead you as quickly as possible to non-suffering, a much happier state. All right, in our next session, uh, we'll talk about uh, some additional thoughts uh, related to the big picture perspective. And these are thoughts that relate to our everyday lives and how the big picture perspective can help you uh, function and uh, be happier uh, in the in this reality, understanding the big picture perspective. Once again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.